Hello and welcome to Kabam Mavs. I'm your host, Jesse Matarazzo, and today is the Josh Green episode. Let's get it. Josh Green is a 6'6", 210-pound wing out of Sydney, Australia. Both his parents, Kala and Delmas, both were professional basketball players in Australia. His mother would coach him at a very young age of five in basketball, and he excelled uh, in basketball along with uh, Australian rules football, rugby, soccer, and swimming. He was um, he had been selected at the age of 10 to represent his home state of New South Wales in nine different sports. Uh, in fifth grade, Green traveled more than 12 hours by car to the outback town of Broken Hill in an attempt to gain selection for the under-12 state basketball team. And was told he was too young, uh, even though he was better than most of the other players. And then a year later, he actually, um, when he was uh, invited, he actually uh, captained the under-12 Metro State team to a national title. Um, Green switched to play club basketball for Penrith in 2013, and that decision paid off when he was selected to represent the under-14 and under-16 New South Wales state teams in successive years as a bottom major. So Green, from a very young age, is was somewhat of a prodigy um, as he excelled at a very young age. Now, that all probably has to do with his uh, one-on-one coaching as a young child uh, from the age of five with his uh, mother basically putting him under his wing and teaching him all the nuances of basketball at a young age. Uh, Green was also a really good Australian rules football player and probably would have gone professional in that sport had he stayed in Australia. However, his dad got a job offer in 2014 to go to Arizona and um, they all moved and, and basically his plans to be an Australian rules football player uh, were stifled. Now, Green started playing um, basketball in high school in Arizona at Mountain Ridge uh, High School, where he was a five-star prospect. He, he basically went to, um, he was so good at a young age in high school, IMG Academy um, recruited him and he started to play for IMG Academy. Now, that led to him leading his team to a national championship victory at IMG um, where he was then selected to be a McDonald's All-American in 2019. So from a very young age, he had been basically the best at his position at all times um, until he got into college. Now, when he was at Arizona as a five-star recruit, things started to change, but he had a shoulder injury that set him back early on. So he missed training camp. He missed a lot of uh, the preparation it took to play, um, you know, in the national stage in basketball in the United States. Now, that was a big transition for him. A lot of stuff going on, moving from Australia 
into the United States in Arizona and then going to Florida and then jumping back to Arizona. A lot of adjustments and a new, um, you know, culturally, culturally uh, very different world going from Australia to a place like Arizona and then going to the cultural differences of Arizona to even Florida uh, and back going through a lot of things. So Josh Green really has a lot of raw talent. He's so athletic. He's so, um, you know, long and tall. Um, It's really a matter of time before it all clicks. But I think right now he is still adjusting to all these changes now now going from Arizona into the NBA where he is at a team that is expected to have um you know world championship aspirations so Josh Green from a very young age has been primed to be uh, greater than I think he is and we will see uh, how that works. He's always outperformed the expectations until he got to college. So um, where I think he was a little underwhelming. And I will talk about his college in more depth after the break. Now, things at Arizona didn't exactly happen the way Josh Green would have hoped. There were really high expectations for him after leading his team to a state championship at IMG Academy, where he was a five-star recruit and a top 15 player in the country. Uh, He came into the season with a shoulder injury, knocking him down the pecking order in a roster filled with highly tatted recruits, uh, namely Nico Mannion, who was his uh, McDonald's All-American teammate, and uh, Zeke Nagy, who was also a first-round pick in the NBA draft. Now, Josh, trying to keep up with the rest of his team, had some up and downs early in the season, but in the second game against Illinois, Josh scored 20 points, uh, leading them to victory. Now, he had some um, really good shooting stretches at the beginning of the season, and then having a uh, back sprain really messed his shot up towards the middle of the year, and then after that was done with, he shot really strongly as well. So, I do think he's going to be a good shooter in the NBA. I think it may take him a little bit of time. And while he may not be on the exact same trajectory as DFS and Maxi, I do think it'll take a little bit for him to develop the shot, but I think he's maybe a little farther along than both of them. The top of his shot looks good. His arms, uh, his elbow placement, everything looks good up top. It's just on the bottom where his knees are, it, where his legs are, they are a little bit hitched, um, and his his knee is very low when he shoots, and I think that can lead to injuries. It's a little bit like a KP situation where he shoots with his knees kind of low as well. That puts a lot of stress on your knees when you're making hundreds of jump shots. So I think if he cleans up uh, his lower portion of his body on his shot, he will project to be a very good shooter in the NBA. Um he may not be lights out 40% every year, but I do think he will be in that upper 37, 38%. Uh, definitely a very serviceable three-point shooter. Now, the other side of the ball is really where he, is the reason why he got drafted. Um, he's an exceptional defender, amazing footwork, amazing recovery speed and closeout speed. Uh, he stays with his man perfectly. He has got good arm placement. He's got a lot of length in those arms too. He didn't really get a chance to play passing lanes um, 
and take many gambles defensively. Arizona doesn't really do that style of defense. Arizona is kind of a really vanilla uh, defensive and offensive scheme. It's very simple. I think they do that because they have so much talented players coming in there. They want to keep it as simple as possible. So I think for him, he has the defensive ability to be a real, um, you know, cornerback out there and just completely pick things apart and just lock people down. I think he has that potential. I don't think he really got to showcase that at Arizona. Um, but, and, you know, even Arizona fans will tell you he wasn't necessarily a world beater defensively. And there is a little bit of proje- projection there, but I think that the scheme didn't really uh, play to his strengths as well. I think he's more suited to guard twos and threes very well. I don't see him really guarding fours or uh, even point guards but I think he can capably do that. But I do see everything, and he has the highest offensive potential in the draft, in my opinion, when you look at just pure hip, like his hips, his footwork, and his recovery speed. Uh, he he has the all the traits to be a really good defender. Um, when you look at him, you can tell he played some Australian rules football his way, his ability to mirror uh, the offensive player and mirror their footwork is really exceptional. And I think that's going to pay off in the NBA. Now that we've had a chance to do a brief overview of both sides of the ball, I wanted to uh, do a deeper dive into his offense because I think that that's what needs a little bit more nuance and where he needs the most improvement. Um, Josh is a... Um, he, he's got the ability to get to the rim. He's got the ability as a slasher. There's potential there. He's really bad at finishing at the rim, though. I think he needs a lot of work on that aspect of his game. Uh, I That's one of the hardest things to get when you're coming into the NBA. If you don't have that, it's really hard to project that being a point for him. I think as he gets stronger and maybe refines that skill set, there's a possibility there to be serviceable. But he was kind of atrocious on that end. Um, although, as a slasher, if he goes in and just goes into dunk, he's got a lot of, a lot there. Plus, he's got a very good floater game. So I really like that part of his game. I don't want him to take the ball and just get a bucket. I don't want that to be his offense yet. I think Josh Green is a catch-and-shoot uh, three-point shooter, and uh, in-transition game. So his transition game is really good, um, both getting to the basket and also passing. He's a very underrated passer. He's done some crazy passes. I think there's a, a really good skill set there um, to be utilized on the passing uh, end of the ball. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to get his own shot off. I, his handles aren't very good. Uh, he, he needs a lot of work on that aspect of his game. Um, so I think that he's sort of realized that. We have sh- God Sham God, which can work on those handles and everything. But Josh Green, in interviews, has already said he's come out to work on the things that's going to help the team win. Now, in the offseason, maybe he can add some certain things to his game. And if the Mavs want him to add certain things to his game, I think he's capable. He's got the athleticism 
and he's got the IQ and mental ability to add certain things to his game and really work uh, to become better on that end. But I do think that he's going to not really show any of that for the first couple years of his career. I think really you're going to see a lot of catch and shoot. You're going to see um, maybe a little bit of passing and some buckets in transition. But I think that that's all you're going to see uh, from him on the offensive end. I don't see them making many plays for him offensively except for backdoor cuts and certain things like that where he can just rim run and get to the basket a little bit. I think that that is a definite possibility for him. The Mavericks haven't had really a athletic wing like that. That No disrespect to THJ because I do think he's a very underrated athletic wing, um, but I, I, I don't think he's on the level of, of uh, Josh Green. Josh Green is a... Um, is able to get buckets on those sort of backdoor cuts and stuff like that. So um, I'm excited to see what they do with him in the offense. When when you see him in his workouts and things like that, he has a lot of those moves. I just don't think it's really translated to the game. There may be a little bit of that in a mental aspect of him maybe being a little overwhelmed with all the things that are going on. Uh, And that... It can be a knock and it can be an excuse. We'll see, right? Um, he is very, uh, a, he's a very high IQ guy. He's a really smart guy. He's a w- very well-mannered, well-tempered guy that um, is very coachable, in my opinion, from what I've seen in interviews and from what his coaches have said and everything like that. So I do think that there's a Another level to Josh Green offensively that we haven't seen yet, and we maybe saw glimpses of it in high school and glimpses in college, but there is some untapped potential there where you may not rate him, and then he just goes on to a whole new level. So you may get that Victor Oladipo sort of transition eventually. However, Victor Oladipo was always a pretty good finisher um, going to the basket, so you know, those things don't really happen. Like when you weren't a very good finisher at the basket before, that tends to be the case most of your career. Josh Green's combination of athleticism, size, length, his IQ, and his coachability and his temperament are all a combination for him to take that next step offensively I just don't see that happening anytime soon considering our lineup. I think it may take a couple seasons for him to put it all together. So I wouldn't expect him to really be a starter anytime soon. I do believe that he will be a really good starter in the NBA as a 3 and D player in a couple of years. But with our roster currently constructed... He's not a guy that you could put out there and say, okay, get me a bucket or you know, be a secondary playmaker when Tim Hardaway Jr. and Josh Richardson possess those abilities already. Um, Josh Richardson being uh, brought onto the Mavs kind of takes Josh Green out of that starting lineup where I think that there could be games where he would match up better against certain competition as opposed to THJ. But THJ gives you the athleticism, he gives you the shooting ability, and he also gives you uh, the athleticism um, and defensive ability on that end. 
So I do think that Josh Green plays in spot minutes, but unless somebody gets injured and there's quite a few injuries, I think it's going to be very unlikely that he plays that much. Now, his floor defensively makes me think that he could start in a playoff series if there was a certain matchup where we needed to neutralize a certain person's ability. I think he has the defensive ability to hold his own in most big games against big stars if they're just lighting us up. And with his combination of athleticism, getting steals, we really haven't seen his full potential as a defensive playmaker because of the scheme he was in. So I think that there are situations where in certain games, you're going to see flashes of greatness by Josh Green, but it's going to be very inconsistent early on because he doesn't really have a clear-cut role. Um, Now, he does know his role once he's on the floor, but I don't know if he's going to get enough consistent minutes. And I think he would be the most effective alongside Luka, but he's probably two players, three players away from really getting that opportunity. So I would not expect him to be on an all-rookie team. I would not expect him to be on the Rising Stars team or anything like that. But I think we're going to look back in a couple of years and say, hey, we got Josh Green for the 18th pick. That was a pretty good deal. Maybe there are some players below him that surprised. But uh, all in all, I think he's a really good fit for our team. Now, there's going to be situation in a year where we may put all our eggs in one basket off a big player from Milwaukee, and we're not going to have any money to offer you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. or Josh Richardson, any sort of extension. And then all of a sudden you're going to have a situation where you're going to need Josh Green to play starting minutes for you. And I think that he can come in, hit shots, get in transition, play defense, cause turnovers, play the passing lanes with his length and his motor, uh, and then, um, you know, shoot efficiently from three. I think that's all you need when you got two or three huge stars on your team, I think he can be a, a really positive 12-4-5 and five or 12-5-3 and three or whatever guy on your team and in, in heavily in the rotation. Now, early on, he may not start at all, but I do think that there's going to be a lot of times where we're going to bring him in because we need to get something going and uh, change the the dynamic of the game. I think he's going to be really good playing alongside a player like uh, Tyler Alteri and Jalen Brunson and Maxi and all those guys. I think that gives you a a pretty, um, you know, a a lot of unique skill sets in one bench unit that can really cause some issues. So uh, I'm I'm high on him. I don't think he's going to be an all-star or anything like that. I don't think he's going to be you know, a 20 point per game player, but you really can't expect that from players that aren't in the lottery. And I think that the biggest thing for him is he does have that extra gear. He could go, you're taking a gamble. Maybe there's a 25% chance he becomes, uh, you know, gets his shot going, learns how to finish at the rim, then puts all his athleticism together. And you're like, Oh wow. Now I got a Zach Levine on my hands or something like that with good defense. Like, so you never really understand or know, how things will play out until they do. But whenever you have that combination of athleticism, length, motor, uh, IQ, and temperament, like I said before, when you have that, great things happen. So you never know what you're going to get. But I think his floor, to me, is a solid rotational player. 
Um, and I think it may take some time because of opportunity. But all in all, uh, I think he's fit uh, to be a really valuable contributor on a championship-level team. So that's Josh Green, guys. Um, this is kind of a quicker one. I didn't, you know, doing a whole pod on one person that you don't have a lot of tape on and you don't have uh, much uh, with a shortened college season it's it's a little difficult to just ramble on about players for a long period of time but I think you guys got the gist of it I've talked about Josh Green a lot in the last few episodes so uh, you guys should be excited you may not see it for a couple years but it's going to pay off and you're going to he's going to be uh, a player that fills a role that we've really needed on the defensive end so anyway guys as always I really appreciate you guys coming and listening and downloading and and giving your five-star ratings and uh, follow me on Twitter and all this stuff. I really appreciate the support. Um, Like I said before, um, get on the locker room app, guys. We need more conversations with Mavs fans. We got a lot of Detroit and Celtics fans on the locker room app. We need to show that Mavs spirit. So go download that if you have Apple iTunes um, and find me and all the other Mavs fans on there talking Mavs. So uh, y'all have a great one. I'll see you in the next episode.